This podcast episode is dedicated to empowering sensitive people to recognize their trait as sensory intelligence and bring their unique gifts into service for the crucial roles we play in communities, businesses, and leadership globally. I'm Julie B. Ellen, sensitivity expert, psychotherapist, and founder of the online sensitive empowerment community. I'm Willow McIntosh, founder of Illuminance and leader of the high sensory intelligence movement. We hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, welcome everybody. Excited about our topic today about reparenting your sensitive inner child. Hello, Willow. Hello, everybody joining us live. Hey, Julie. Welcome, everyone. So good to be here. Yay. Yeah, this topic has been coming up a lot. We've been talking about it in the community and had lots of questions around it. And I just thought it would be such a great thing to talk about and, and maybe share some of our experiences. How, how about you, Willow? Have you, um, do you feel like you had to reparent your inner, your sensitive inner child? I really do. Yes. Yeah and i love this topic and i love the questions that have been coming through recently and i think it's such an important area to cover so i'm really looking forward to diving in yay me too i mean and uh some people are even just asking about what it even means to reparent one of the things that uh, I've come, become aware of working with hsps all over the world is that so many of us grew up being told that how we experienced the world was wrong somehow, um, being deep feelers. And, you know, I think that whether it's society or our parents, we're, a lot of times our self-talk aligns with what we learned in childhood. So for example, if we were to, you know, make a mistake or feel just incredibly emotionally intense about something, what does your self-talk sound like? Because that's kind of like, if you think about your inner child as, as being your you as a child and your adult you is reparenting that, that sensitive child inside of you. And that child inside of you, uh, for so many of us, needs more than what we got. <laughs> or we need to heal what we got. Uh, and so that's kind of what we're we're going with a little bit here. What do you think, Willow? What, do you want to add anything to that? Yes, uh, yeah. I, it's uh, it's such a it's such an important area for us to dive into here. I feel it is really important for us to revisit the needs of our inner child, to understand what the inner child really means for us, and as you say, for us to acknowledge the fact that as high sensory people you know the relationship we have with our inner child and with and how we have grown up and been conditioned according to the way that our inner child was almost you know kind of interacted with and as you say the self-talk as, as a result of that and just how we can bridge that gap and how we can really start to you know, embrace the needs of our inner child and understand that there's so much of our joy and meaning is based in that relationship. Yes. And, you know, it's powerful because we know based on the, a lot of research that they've done about this trait, we know that sensitive children that are raised with the right types of support 
uh, actually thrive incredibly in the world and they actually have less, they're less likely to have anxiety and depression. And many of you have heard me talk about this before, but in case you're new to this, I wanted to mention it. And also, if we didn't have the right types of support, we are more likely to experience anxiety and depression. So there's a real correlation with support. And what I personally had to learn, because I grew up, if I talk about my own story a little bit, I, I grew up, uh, I mean, I am really the, one of the most sensitive people that I know, and, and I work in this, in this population, so that says a lot. And as a sensitive child, I, I, I look back and think about what I needed and what I didn't get and how that impacted me and how I felt alone and something was wrong with me and I didn't know how to soothe myself. And so I really had to learn, I had to relearn some of that. And that's why I, I call it reparenting. And I really had to reparent my own experience. To, and and it, it changes how you experience everything in your life when you can be soothing and validating and nurturing and honoring and listening to uh, being attentive to that inner child. It, it's an incredible experience. And I believe that that inner child is sort of always communicating with us. Like if I am not meeting her needs, she's going to let me know in some way. <laughs> what about you, Willow? Yeah, absolutely. It's been exactly the same for me. I feel actually the relationship with our inner child is profound. And I think it is even more so for us as high sensory, high sensitive people. And, and you made a great point there is, you know, when, through the research, when we are trained skillfully and raised skillfully you know we we become incredibly powerful leaders and, and you know very sort of uh, very accomplished people in life not to say that we can't become that of course we certainly can but when there is that disconnection um it has a big effect on us a bigger effect on us i think it does than people without the trait because we do take things in so deeply and we feel so deeply it feels to me, and this was certainly my experience growing up and the experience of, you know, with the, with the work that I do, I feel that our inner child is, it's almost, it's almost represents our authentic, real us. Like, it's almost like we come into the world, we know who we are, we're clear on our needs and our values. And of course, when we're a child, we can't really communicate that, we don't really understand that's what's going on. But I don't think we ever lose that. I think our inner child almost maintains the alignment to who we really are. And I think what happens, the reason we get this, this negative self-talk and the reason we get this experience that's so grating and difficult for us is because intuitively we know we're going against the most important part of us, which is our authentic soul, our hearts. And so when we're growing up, and it was exactly the same for me, when we are told or we're, or we're misunderstood or we're, there is this incongruence or this kind of this opposing thing that's happening, uh, the, um, as a result, that's what causes this anxiety and this depression, this difficulty. And so our job now is exactly what we're looking at now, is reparenting that connection and ironing out those opposing pieces to understand that those opposing factors are not real. They don't belong to us. What belongs to us is the truth that we know that's in our hearts. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think going through a filtering process, I, I kind of call it a filtering process that when we have negative self-talk, for example, where is that coming from? 
And is that language that you heard when you were a child, uh, whether it was with your parents, your family, your society, your culture, whatever it was. And if, if I think about that from my own perspective, I heard that a lot. Why are you so sensitive? You know, what's wrong with you? And I use that language throughout my life until I did my own HSP training. That was my language in my head. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're so sensitive. What's wrong with you? I was saying that in my head. And that definitely uh, hurt me. It was like the, the double arrow. And um, I, I'd love to hear from some of, the, some of you that are listening live right now I, and, and put into the chat. I'd love to um, just hear some examples of, you know, what did you need that you didn't get? as a child, what, what, as a sensitive child, especially, what did you need that you, and what, when you think about a child in general, even that's hurting or, or needs some kinds of nurturing, what do you think those children need? And, and what do you think, Willow? Mm, yeah, it's such a beautiful question. It really is. And I can think back to, you know, to moments in my childhood where, you know, when I was in my most expressive, and I mean, I was a handful as a child, there's no doubt about it, because I was a big energy. I was, you know, this big sort of experience that I was having, and I, I wanted to express, and I wanted to share, and and it felt like the right thing for the people that around me at the time was was to squash that energy, was to, you know, to, to, to train me to be accepted in society. That's what felt like the right thing to do, and I totally understand that. I can completely have great compassion, and that felt like the right thing to do. But unfortunately, what was happening for me is I was taking that information in and, and taking that in as like the real me is not allowed. It's not accepted. It's actually it's I've got to change the real me to be OK in the world. And so I developed the self-talk. And when I would feel this kind of rising power and energy and joy and expression in me, I could almost feel like this pretend hand that would come over my head and squash me down and go, no, that's not allowed, that's not safe, that's not acceptable. And so therefore I developed all of this, this talk that would criticize myself and it would put myself down. And that talk was nothing to do with me. It's mm. not from me. It was just given to me by someone else. And I, as a subsequent, I have learned to, um, to lessen the power of that voice where I'm not buying into it. I'm not identifying. That's the word. I'm no longer identifying with that self-talk. Mm. And it, it breaks my heart to think about that, that, you know, both of us have that experience and I'm sure so many people have that we, we were changing who we really were. And I'm so glad that you are you in the world now, Willow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have some great things coming in. I just wanted to, um, go through a few of them because I think that it really, it's going to be powerful just hearing these. Uh, Cecilia says, uh, needed acceptance as myself, as I was, an encouragement, not being pushed to be like others. I mean, that's powerful right there. Uh, Linda, reassurance that everything was okay or would be, yes. Matea, uh, asking, how are you? What's your opinion? How do you feel? Um, I think that's so important because you're asking you're because so many of us bypass that. How do we really feel about something? What do we really need? And uh, Becca says, I needed encouragement, special attention apart from the tension of my siblings were getting. Yes. 
individual attention. Absolutely. And that's a form of, if we were to give some of that to ourselves, that's about that listening and being attentive. Um, Tina says, I needed soothing. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I, I think that is so important. Kathy says uh, that it was okay to have big feelings. Yes, yes. It's okay to be different than others. Um, oh, my goodness. Oh, these are such good ones. Uh, yeah, and Bridget says, I needed to be allowed to cry when I felt sad and hurt. I needed nurturing. Absolutely. Um, Deborah says, I needed compassion and understanding about my sensitivity to noise. Uh, instead, I was either ignored or told I was wrong and bad. Yeah, that's, right. and if we were to flip all of those things into a statement of, from now on, I am going to give these things to my inner child. I mean, isn't that a powerful thought? It really is. A beautiful, a beautiful affirmation. Absolutely. Because the reality is, is the needs of our child, inner child, are being asked of us on an ongoing basis. None of it goes away. It's the truth of us. And what we're realizing as we grow up, we realize there is this disconnection. We realize that when we identify with this self-talk, we begin to realize it's, hang on a minute, that's nothing to do with me. That's not how I'm feeling. And, and these wonderful comment, these wonderful pieces that are coming through in the comment section here right now, it's, it's, it's referring beautifully to this awareness that there is this inconsistency. I have this need to cry. I have this need to be, to be acknowledged that I, deep, I feel deeply. I have this need. I have this need. And, and as an adult, what we can do now is we can give ourselves those needs. As a child, we didn't know how to or we weren't allowed to. But now, as an adult, we can. And it very much is reconnecting and tuning in and for me it's all been about this reconnection with my body and feeling the feelings that i feel and reconnecting with this expansive power and connection that i feel in myself and what that needs to say and what it needs to do and as i do that i can feel my my inner child hugging me and go thank you that's all i need all i needed was i just needed to say that then or i just needed to do that then that's what i'm feeling and it and we haven't lost any time you know everyone that's listening we, we you know, we haven't, we haven't, it's not our faults and we, and we can from this moment forwards acknowledge and adhere to the needs of our child that are coming up on a moment to moment basis. Yes. I'm glad you said that. Absolutely. We can start now. There's, there's no such thing as it being too late. Um, I love the, this, I used to do this practice with some of my clients that I thought was really powerful when we were doing inner child work. And, and maybe some of you listening might want to do this in your journaling. I mean, it's a really powerful activity to do. But you, you write down, you know, the words as a child when you were thinking about yourself as a child. I needed, and you fill in those pieces. I needed all these things, like all the things you guys just named. Then you retitle it. I'm going to give myself these things. And it's, it's a really powerful thing to, to start to shift that. And, it, and it, sometimes it has to be done with some practice. Like when I first started, this wasn't an immediately, oh, I suddenly loved and nurtured and validated myself. It took, a, it took practice, but my body always sent me the signal of what it needed. And, and to me, that those signals are coming from that inner child. Like, I need you to listen to me. I need you to soothe me. Because imagine if... And, and, and for those of you that have children and grandchildren, this, is all, this all can be powerful with them too, is this sense of um, what if we 
allowed ourselves to have these, these powerful emotions that we have? What if we allowed it? And instead of criticizing them, we actually soothed ourselves through them. We, we validated ourselves. We honored ourselves. We, we worked on healing those parts of ourselves. So it's a complete shift of being kind and caring and nurturing towards ourselves. And, and I like to think about, um, you know, Will, I'd love to have a conversation too about what life looks like when you have reparented yourself versus, you know, you're, you're still in that stage where you didn't have your needs met and, and still haven't sort of retrained and reparented some of that. What do you think? Mm, yeah, it's a great question. It's, it's uh, you know, it's, I think it's, it's, it's so interesting because the difference between the two for me is that I have, trained myself to realize that I'm now old enough and big enough to look after myself and to respond appropriately. And that was the case for probably 25 years. I'm 45 now. So when I was probably 18, 19, 20, I probably had the ability back then to do it, but it took me much longer to realize that actually if I go out into the world and I'm out in conversations, if I just choose to be myself and allow myself to engage with the needs of my inner child, if something happens outside of me where somebody questions that or laughs or says the wrong thing, as an adult, I have all the faculties and everything that I need to respond appropriately in whatever way that may be. And that's the shift that happened for me. It's like, I'm no longer a child. People don't have power over me the only time I lose my power is if I choose to give it away to someone if I no longer do that I always have everything I need as a grown-up to look after myself respond appropriately and honor my inner child mm. did you have to I know for myself I I had to learn like learn how to listen to my inner child and uh, because I had ignored her for so long that I didn't even know what she needed. And I know a lot of HSPs are in that space too. Um, and so, you know, how do we even go about doing something like that? We, it, we start with the baby steps of, I think it can be a powerful experience to get clear about what you would have needed as a child to really thrive. What would that have looked like for you? And so much of the time, that's what we need right now. And, I, and the reason why this whole topic is even so important is that I mean, this builds us up in the world to, because I know Willow, you and I come from a place of a lot of empowerment training. We really want to help HSPs be the, the biggest versions of themselves so that they are out in the world, sort of, you know, working on change, positive change, because I believe that that can come from HSPs who feel deeply and passionately. So what if we could support ourselves through the deep feelings that we're having and and, and nurture that and, and have self-compassion around that. And, and we've talked about in previous episodes, we change our physiology when we do that. Like when we're, when we're criticizing ourselves, we're releasing stress signals and hormones. And when we are uh, practicing self-compassion, we're releasing things that are soothing for us. And, and how do we show up in the world in those two parts? Like if I'm showing up in the world, criticizing myself and kicking myself when I'm down, I am not going to have the energy that, it, that I want to follow my calling, to help people, to, 
you know, to, to thrive in the world. But if I can learn how to listen to those cues and say, okay, you know, well, maybe she needs something. What is it that she's feeling? Let me explore that a little bit. And I do that to this day. Like I can, for example, I can have that feeling and I've, I've always called it kind of like an icky feeling. It's like, okay, where's that coming from? What's happening? Are you feeling scared? Are you needing something? So I really check in with that little inner, inner child now in a, in a loving, supportive way instead of in a critical way. And I think that in itself is, is key. Yeah, beautifully said. <clears throat> Some really, really good points you said there. And that's a very good point. It's like, hang on a minute, this all sounds great and wonderful, but you know, how do we tune into those needs? How do we even recognize when our inner child is asking things of us? You know, how do we, how do we actually go about this process of, 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 of empowering the voice of our needs of our inner child? And it is very much an invest in an investigation. And initially it might seem like a minefield. It's like, well, I just don't understand, you know, how do I go about this? And I think through that investigative progress pro process, <laughs> stumbling around there, um, it's finding a picture of our ch inner child. That was really helpful for me, finding a picture of, of myself as a child and tuning into that energy of my, ch of my inner child, thinking, wow, my God, what an amazing energy in my and really tuning into that and I and when there is this where's the when there is this this uncomfortable self-talk happening this negative process essentially what's happening there's always an underlying need in that especially when we get angry we get frustrated and think oh my god you know this xyz is really annoying me underneath that there is always a request for love human beings are all about requesting love or expressing love and so underneath there is always a need and the more that we dig down through asking ourselves the question through being facilitated in sessions, through journaling, through writing, eventually we begin to reveal what the core question and need is that we need to address and take action on. Yes, good one. I like that you mentioned the picture of the child. I had the same experience at the time when I was doing my, my personal work and working with a therapist. One of the things that she had me do, which I think is powerful, is to get a, a picture of myself as a child. Because when I started my work, I could say to you, I really did hate my inner child. And that sounds terrible to say, but that's where I was. And that really set my life up for a lot of problems. That's, that obviously contributes to depression and anxiety. And because you're walking, in the, walking around in the world hating who you are, I mean, that is the definition of a problem. And you are not going to be able to, you know, soar and thrive in the, in the world if, if that's how you feel. And, and because I've been through this process, and I, I mean, I really believed it was impossible when I started. Uh, but I remember little moments of like, okay, I got this little picture out and it was a picture of me with my arm around a goat. <laughs> that was like my joy as a kid was, uh, I spent some time in Oregon and some time in Minnesota and in the US growing up and, um, and we had goats for a while and they were like my best friends. So this picture made me happy to look at. And, uh, and it also allowed me to kind of remember her, you know, remember that myself as a child and be like, oh yeah, I'm remembering how she was. She was so loving and caring with these goats and she just felt so deeply in the world and she didn't know how to comfort herself through the challenges. And, you know, and, and I remember this practice, another practice that's really powerful inner child practice is to visualize that you're in a room with your inner child 
or you're, you're outside looking through a window and your inner child is playing in a room. It's a really powerful thing to do that. And when I first started that practice, I was like, I don't want to talk to her. I don't even like her. <laughs> and um, slowly, slowly, I was like, okay, let me just spend time getting to know her. And that's a great start for anyone that feels strongly like against your inner child in some way, or you really struggle with this not knowing what she needs or he needs. Think about uh, getting to know her, getting to know your inner child. Uh, that's such a powerful practice because it, I remember the exact moments that I started shifting from hating to really caring about her. And, and that really shifted my life. I mean, I can remember the exact moment where I was and what I was doing when I started to have these little moments of just, you know, I had been practicing bringing her up in my mind so that I was getting to know her. And as I got to know her, I got to care about her and turn that in eventually as through practice and training, I really started to care about her. And that was the first time I could honor who I was in the world. And by doing that, it also raised my own vibration for how I would be treated by others. Oh my goodness me. That was one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to start crying right now. Oh, but I love it. That is so profoundly beautiful. I just, wow, what an incredible gift to give to yourself. And what a beautiful process. And just the honesty and the vulnerability to be able to, just to be able to share that, it just reflects just how deeply you have served yourself and the work that you've done is just, I mean, wow. <laughs> That's really Stunning, Judy. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, and, and I think there was, there were so many beautiful pieces in that and, and having that sense of not liking our inner child. I mean, as soon as you said that it was like, Oh my God, it just, I it just, I felt the pang of the, the pain of that. And, and I immediately wanted to ask, well, what was that? What, you know, and I thought, hang on a minute, Willow. I know I had the same thing and I used to, I used to have exactly the same experience. And for me, I don't know if it was the same for you, but it felt like, the reason I had all the problems growing up and I wasn't accepted, I almost wanted to blame on my inner child. It's like, if only you could have been different, I wouldn't have had all of these problems. And that, just, I can't even <laughs> say that to myself because it just makes me well up as well. And, it's, and it's, <clears throat> it's actually that beautiful shift that we've made and the beautiful shift that you've made. And it's, it's a complete change around. It's like, no, 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 this is about fully accepting and acknowledging and getting to know our child and, and loving who they are. And in that process, it's the most beautiful, revealing and connecting thing that we can do. I think it's one of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves. Oh, I agree. I mean, it's reprogramming everything. It's reprogramming how we show up in the world, how we show up in our relationships, in our work and our callings and our leadership and, and everything. Because if I, if I hadn't done that work and I was still in that space, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Wow. My God. <laughs> Isn't that just, I mean, that just says it all. That just says it all. That, that, that indicates the, the power of this. And I think for everyone listening right now, it's, it's understanding that this process is a natural thing for us. It's not a mountain that we have to climb. It's possible. 
it takes persistence and yes we have to want to do it and we need support in doing it but it's a very natural it's almost the first relationship that we really have with ourselves and and we can learn to to develop this and we can learn to come back home to ourselves and and reap the benefits as a result and do this wonderful work in the world that we're meant to do Mm. Oh, yeah, so powerful. And if anybody's listening and you guys have questions, you can start putting them into the chat and we'll start getting to some of them. And I wanted to um, kind of talk about what Tina said that said, Julie, you've mentioned this before. I think the, the child can be very good at making themselves present through reactivity. Do I have that right? It was interesting talking about reactivity because I was actually just thinking that as I was telling my story that when I hated who I was, I was so reactive, like reacting about everything all the time, because that's, you know, that's, there was no buffer, no cushion, just every, I was just this big open wound walking around. And so when you can actually work on this, on these things, and, and like I said, baby steps, you just keep practicing it a little bit at a time, then you do learn how to comfort and soothe and have self-compassion and self-love. And then you're not so reactive. You're not holding this big open wound open for everybody to poke at. You, you really have, uh, it's almost like balm, like soothing balm, you know, like a, a coating of, I talk about it like self-compassion as like a coating. To me, it's like a coating. If I, and it's a protection. If I have my own self-compassion, then anybody, anybody says or does to me, even if it's meant to be harmful, I'm going to be okay because I have that coding. And if I don't have it, I'm not going to be okay. Yeah. Wow. That's making it just go into a little bit what you mean by that coding, the coding of self-compassion. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Because if, you know, something as difficult is happening, or I have an intense emotion, or I've made a big mistake, or I, you know, anything like that, and I have self-compassion, I instantly have tools that are nurturing, and soothing, and validating, and healing, and honoring, and, and those pieces then help me recover, because I am, I have, it's almost like medicine, for, I mean, being a, a really intensely deep feeler in the world can be incredible incredibly hard if you don't have medicine. <laughs> so I think of this as medicine. Self-compassion to me is medicine for NHSP. Do you, does that make sense? Right. Got it. Yes, absolutely. So it's, it's, the, it's almost like the kind of the, the, the right key for the lock, but it's also almost like uh, it's just the, it's the go-to balm or the go-to kind of um, essential tool in the toolbox to begin the process of assimilating validating acknowledging it's that it, that's the first step yeah it's and it's a huge important step and when we grow that we are that i mean because imagine that if if if, if we look at this as a reparenting thing so if i think of myself as a child and if i had had parents who could come to me and say i know you're feeling really deeply right now about this and uh, let me know let me wrap my arms around you let me give you some compassion and love and support and um and if i had had that i would have recovered quicker and you know there's a there's a sense of safety that comes from having something like that too and if we don't have safety as a child for whatever reason whether it's through abuse or neglect or we're not getting our needs met 
there is there are particular things in the brain that don't even get developed if safety is not there. So for some of us uh, in our adulthood, when we're going through this process, it it can be so incredibly healing to experience this sometimes for the first time, this acknowledgement and this, I see you. Like if I'm with my inner child, I, I see her. And, and like Tina was saying, she was trying to get your attention. Yes. And she, she, and this is what, so I love when I work with HSPs is, is, is teaching them how to listen. And you have that more advancement in your insula, which allows you to be there's more activation in the insula of the brain. So it allows you to have an incredibly high level of awareness and consciousness. So if you use that part of that gift to really listen, what is that inner child trying to say to you? And, you know, they tantrum when their needs are not met. And that tantrum can show up as a panic attack, anxiety, depression, anger bursts. It can show up as a lot of different things. Uh, reactivity is a big one. And so if I can, you know, connect and listen, then, then that inner child is not going to be so reactive and it's not going to have those tantrums that make me fall apart. Instead, I can be like, okay, she's giving me a clear message. She needs some attention right now and I need to listen to what she needs. Wow. Amazing. That's just incredible. I mean, that just, that illustrates it so beautifully. It's, you know, it's, it's the love and acceptance is literally the go-to place. It's the most fundamental part of, of, of any request or any kind of need that our inner child is putting out towards. It's the first thing is we must open our arms into a place of love and acceptance. And I often have a mantra going around my head when I'm struggling with something. I ask myself the question, what would love do? Oh, beautiful. And <clears throat> and 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 that's not just being all gooey and kind of falling on the pavement in a in a cuddle putt puddle. <laughs> you know, some, sometimes sometimes it's um, it sometimes it's being strong. It's being empowered. It's like what would love to. There could be it could be a, a whole manner of things of what the answer to that be of, of what you know real authentic love might be. Um, but it, but that beginning that starting point is just embracing into a place of acceptance because I love what you said there if we're not if we don't have, if we don't feel safe parts of us are not developing properly and not feeling safe was the biggest thing I had to get my head around as, as an adult and, and to give myself this sensation of being safe and I think that's the thing if we're used to when we when we're being kids we're constantly feeling unsafe about being ourselves and expressing ourselves you know, that's, that's one of the biggest kind of like needs that our child has. It's like, I have these needs, but I need to feel safe about having these needs. And I need to feel safe about expressing these needs. And so the first thing that we can do is just open our arms to those needs and help our inner child to feel safe and acknowledge that, yes, they can be themselves. Mm, yes. And we need to be safe to feel what we feel too. And and this goes, this kind of really matches so many of the things we've been talking about in the last episodes, you know, about vulnerability, about friendships and in developing healthy relationships, all of this because, and, and even leadership. I know, Willow, you and I are very passionate about helping HSPs uh, become strong leaders. And uh, if I am feeling unsafe and I don't know how to love and accept myself, I'm definitely going to feel too vulnerable to step out into leadership, to step out into taking a chance with something, to, to 
reveal myself to others. But if I have worked on that myself, and, and that's the thing, it's so fascinating that um, as HSPs, if we can develop that as in a grounding sense within ourselves, it changes everything. It changes your, what you can do in the world. Uh, it changes how you show up. It changes who you connect with. I mean, if I'm uh, connecting, if I am not loving and accepting myself, how am I going to expect other people to love and accept me, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought this up because there was a piece I really wanted to, to, to just throw in. And, and yes, it's like the, the leadership piece is, is so critical here. But what, what I've come to realize over the years is like my inner child, he really knows what he's doing. And he's here with a purpose. He's here to express himself. He's, he wants to communicate. He, he has this gift that he wants to share in the world. And he wants me to get out of the way so he can just get on with it. And, it's, and we talked about this last week. It's like, you know, it's reframing this piece around sensitivity. It's like, oh my God, yeah, I, have all, I have all these needs and, you know, and it's, there's these challenges and yes, yeah. And absolutely we do. We must acknowledge and we must validate those needs. And yes, it is challenging. That's absolutely right. But underneath there is this reason that nature has given us these faculties and these extra abilities. And it's the same with our inner child. Our inner child is on a mission. That it, has a, it has a unique gift that only every single one of us has in the world to bring into the world. And as soon as we allow these needs to come through and we, as soon as we like, you know, we acknowledge and we, and, we, and we do the healing and we reconnect, it's like, oh, right. Okay, actually, you, you're trying to say this and you're trying to do this through me exactly the same way our souls are trying to do its work through us. And that's what turns us into super empowered leaders and change makers in the world is when we get out of our own way and honor what we're really here to do. Mm, beautiful. And I was just thinking about how, um, you know, if you think about this in terms of physical strength versus emotional strength, and you think about like a, an athlete or an Olympian who's, you know, just putting everything into training their physical body so that they can be the best of the best. And to me, this is similar to that, but in the emotional place, like how can I train emotionally to be the best of the best? Meaning that, and what I mean by that is like, is to, because if I have been training this within me, I can follow my calling in the world and I can listen and I can take care of myself along the way because I know a lot of HSPs have, oh man, you guys just want to, you want to change the world and, and, you know, just do big things. And, and part of that means that we've got to be able to take care of ourselves along the way. Cause if we're showing up depleted in the world versus we're showing up with our tools and balance, we can do so much more. And, and that really excites me. Um, and Cecilia saying she relates to this and sometimes have, tantrums and explode in frustration, but that is when I'm not doing my regular self-care. And what I like about what you said, Cecilia, about that is that you're aware that that's coming when the self-care isn't there. And I love that awareness because then you can do something about it. Uh, and it's powerful. And Renata said, I agree with you, Cecilia. My inner child needs a lot of attention and comfort. When I don't go inward, my inner child gets really upset and feels disconnected. And, you know, I think this is, uh, I, I'm really glad that you guys are making these kinds of connections and that you're starting to really listen to what those needs are. And oh, there's just so much to say about this. I have just, I mean, I think that if you're combining sort of all of our episodes, 
I would, I think that they all sort of stack with each other, that the, each piece of them is kind of a piece of the puzzle. You feel like that too, Willow? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's gradually creating this kind of, this framework to tune into and refer to. And it, it, it is, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of touching all the pieces that are so important to allow us to, you know, to, to find our power and to reconnect and, and, and be ourselves. And at the end of the day, you know, this piece around the joy of the inner child is so important. Our inner child children are, are, are full of joy. They want to, they want to express, they want to play in the world. And I, I think that's so important for us as well, because we just, we tend to take things so seriously. And, and that's right, in, because we have a big mission to play in the world. And because we care so deeply, I think that's part of what makes us very serious have a very kind of serious outlook in the world. But it's so important to allow ourselves to play and be in joy and just reconnect with the joy that our inner child brings. I mean, they, that's what they're all about. They wanna play, they wanna love, they wanna connect, they wanna be. And, you know, and we can really help that by creating the environments and the opportunity for play and joy and expression. Mm, beautiful, I love it. Connecting to the joy within that, that our inner child needs, needs that as well. And um, such an important topic. And Willow, is there anything else that you think that needs to get covered today? I, I think we've done so well. And, and you're, it, it is a big area. And I really appreciate your knowledge. And you guys have been wonderful with all the, all the comments and the questions you're, you're putting in here. And, it, and it's wonderful. If there's anything we haven't covered or haven't reached or something's really burning for you, please do reach out to us because we would love to give you that support and just dive in. And you may be picking up on something that the rest of us really want to hear about. So thank you so much for that input. And it's wonderful to have you all with us. It really is. I, I just love your, all of the ways that you guys uh, contribute by through your stories and your questions and everything. It's such a beautiful thing. And I love spending time with you guys. And yes, we're, this is a continual conversation. I definitely recommend people visit and, and um, hspodcast.com because we have, uh, you can, you can, when you go to that uh, site, you can see all the episodes that Willow and I have done together. And I think you're going to get a lot out of it. If you haven't listened to some of the other ones, I really recommend it um, because we've, covered so many amazing topics and conversations and I've been hearing from listeners that it's really making an impact and I understand a lot of people are listening to all of our episodes which is which is exciting because to me that signals movement and change and possibility so um, I really appreciate everybody being here and listening and uh, uh, help by help other HSPs find these episodes please share the episodes and if you can review the podcast, we really appreciate that too. Um, anything else, Willow? Yeah. Oh, wonderful. No, you said it all. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. Some of the some of the feedback and the comments we've been getting have just been amazing, and it's incredible to see the the transformation and the support that the, that the episodes are giving. So please do, as Judy says, share it out. If there's anyone that you know who may need to hear us, or perhaps any communities or people that you you know you feel you could help that, that might benefit, then please do share it. And yes, if you want to review and, and rate it, then it, you do that on your phone. I didn't realize this actually. You go, you find it on the, um, through the podcast app on your phone. Um, and then you put in the, um, uh, well, it's, it's the HSP podcast, isn't it, Julie? That's how you find it in yeah. the, yeah. And then you can scroll down and then click a review. That would help so much because it builds awareness and people can find it more easily. So thank you so much once again.
Oh, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Love you guys. And uh, we are listening to um, what you need. So keep telling us the, what you need and we will keep covering it. And we just really are in such a mission because I just imagine collectively we get HSPs empowered in these ways. And, and I, I see a lot of positive change happening in the world because that's just who you are. You're valuable, you're needed, and your sensitivity is needed in the world. You have so many gifts. And I, I hope that those words are really sinking in with you all um, because it excites me that we have such potential in this world to make a difference. And I know that's what you do when you're balanced and centered. Um, and if you want to join us live for the next podcast, we do this uh, live in my sensitive empowerment community. So you can find out about that through my website and check out all the Willow stuff too. Um, so we have, we're both very dedicated to supporting you and thank you everybody. We love you. And you. Uh, until next time. Until next time. Thank you so much. See you soon. Bye everybody. Bye. You can take my free sensitivity quiz and find all my HSP tools and resources at sensitiveconnection.com. To register for the next masterclass on how to make your shift into high sensory intelligence, visit inluminance.com. Please leave us a voice message if you have a question or comment for us to be included in a future episode. Just click the voice message button in the show notes, introduce yourself, tell us where you're from and record up to 60 seconds. We love hearing from you. And please share this episode to help others and take extra good care of yourself out there. Bye-bye, everybody.